Hello, welcome back. Season two, Footy Fans Podcast. Andrew and Santo, no Joe for this one. He's got to work. No. We're recording this on a Tuesday, so we had all the EPL games on the weekend uh, all take place. Brand new season. Brand new season for us again. Thank you for having us back. Thank you for everyone who listened and watched us last year. Hopefully we do a better job this time. You know, you work on improvements. You get better as you go along. Um, Hopefully we're better. I don't know. Maybe. Yeah. But uh, yeah, Santa, how are you doing? I'm good, man. Yeah, just uh, it was funny when I was watching the first game of the season. I just got the Premier League jitters back, like just new season starting all the hype. Uh, just hoping we got we got one, you know, that's one for the books. Right. I mean, oh, yeah. last year was super exciting. So we'll see if we can have the same thing again. Yeah, it's, it's so weird, too, because the EPL calendar, it's so it's almost a whole year, basically, right? It's almost mm-hmm. a twelve-month season. You only get two months off, basically, and then with the whole World Cup happening this year, it's going to be weird how they end up making it happen come uh, November. So we'll see how that takes place. I don't even know if they already made the schedule come out if they're changing things. Have you seen that yet? Yeah. So they they just have like that whole month off. Um, just no games are going to happen. Which, uh, you know, I think games started a little earlier. Um. Uh, across the world just for the the world cup that's happening mm-hmm. uh, i didn't see how late we go i think uh i'm pretty sure it still ends in uh may so i think they're just gonna have uh games more midweek games which we'll see how it how it takes to the players uh, mm-hmm. but it is going to be interesting not really having that christmas break uh in the Premier yeah. league because usually that's it's it's you know it's Premier League Christmas break where you have like five games in two weeks. Yeah, it's gonna be weird, man. Like, uh, yeah, it looks like they're just gonna condense, like have that one month condensed into the whole rest of the remainder of the season, and just like you said, make up games left and right. You know, play on a Tuesday, play on a Thursday. Um, yeah. thought to fit in at least five games per team. It seems like, um, yeah. in that window, because the last weekend of the season. I know we're getting really far ahead of ourselves, but last weekend of the season is May 28th. So it's still, yeah. like you said, end of May is the uh, the deadline for the end of the season. So we'll see how it works out. I mean, I guess the schedule makers have had uh, a lot of time on their hands to figure this out. And mm-hmm. I mean, as long as there's footy on, we're going to watch it, right? Yeah, for sure. And um, it's, it's kind of like last year where you had so many cancellations because of COVID. So last year we're getting games sprinkled in everywhere else. So this year going to get the same thing just for another reason. Yeah, no, I mean, obviously the way that like with COVID happening, the pandemic happening, it was obviously a shit show for many reasons. But once they did start to get things going, it was literally almost every day you had something to watch. Yeah. Like throughout all of Europe, throughout, you know, even North American sports making up games here and there. So we were lucky that we got those games blessed to us when we did back then. We're going to get more to us now, like with the whole, like you said, World Cup schedule being thrown into the mix. But first off, Brand new season here, 2022 EPL season. Tons of new signings, mm-hmm. new managers taking the helm at some clubs. Um, surprise teams that we think might have like a really good season this year. We'll get into that in a little bit. We'll do some game breakdowns. We'll just talk about what we think the season's going to look forward to in the next uh, few months until well, halfway through the season. And off the hop, I mean, we'll start with Man City because I think we're both going to agree they're probably the title <laughs> contenders again this year. Yeah. Erling Haaland coming there. We touched on it last episode or last season of our mm-hmm. of our podcast. You guys want to listen to that again? Go back in the archives uh, on YouTube channel for footy fans and 
obviously on uh, Apple Podcasts, Spotify. You can check our podcast there. But we touched on Haaland coming there at the end of last season. We were saying how Man City has been desperately needing a number nine for you know the last couple of years under Pep just to get him over that last hump, make them you know that much closer to a Champions League contender. Mm-hmm. They got him. He showed up. Two goals off the hop. Win two nil over. Yeah. A West Ham side that didn't really seem to show up this game. I mean, coming off what they did last year, I kind of had high high hopes for them again to maybe just make another jump forward. But, you know, they just didn't really make anything happen in the midfield. And Man City just took it to them the entire game. And Haaland scoring the two goals that he did. And I mean, the one being the PK, it was worthy of a penalty shot. But that second one that he had, just his movement off the ball. Like, you can tell why he is like the next coming of a Zlatan or Lewandowski, you know? Yeah. No, I could, I could talk a lot about this because there's a lot of interesting points just <laughs> in terms of Holland coming. Uh, just so many dynamics towards his uh, his signing fee and all that. But I know he was getting a little bit of slack uh, before the season started because I guess he didn't like play that well um, in any preseason stuff. But yeah, he shows up. Um, even the PK goal. I mean, in the past, you had City. They have their false nine. No one was going to start a darting run from the top of the 18 going towards the net. Holland, once Gundogan picks up the ball, he starts sprinting towards the net and Gundogan passes him the ball. Somehow he gets there and goalie had to take him down or, you know, it would have been a goal anyway. So mm-hmm. he fully deserved that. Um, and yeah, his run on his second goal, we talked about it um, for a game on Sunday. Uh, City didn't have that last year. He didn't have any big number nine that was going to go run in behind D and just go and score like a breakaway. So it just goes to show what they were missing. Um, it was interesting because I know a lot of people talk about how like City uh, buys title titles, which you know, whatever that means. I think on some level you can uh, you can say that's true. But it is interesting because Chelsea spent more on Cucurella than City did on Haaland, which. Um, and how and City has made a profit over the last few seasons in terms of their signing. Mm-hmm. Um, so for anyone that's just interested in those sets for take it for what it's worth, but I did find that was really interesting. Where, um, obviously, City's had a reputation for just buying <laughs> their competition's players, so they win, yeah. Uh, but you know, granted, they are making fairly good financial decisions. I mean, we can talk at length about what's happened with. Man U and Chelsea with uh, some of their signings and then letting them go. We will. We will. And uh, not uh, <laughs> not making a lot of money. So uh, I think that conversation has been a really interesting one uh, because it's worth noting because, you know, they obviously have a lot of money, but you also have to make smart decisions. So you're not spending a lot on players and then letting them go for free, which how many teams have we seen do that <laughs> this yeah. offseason? Yeah. And like when the overhaul came from Man City, when the new ownership came in you know, over a decade ago now, and the likes of Pellegrini and um, and uh, who was it? Uh, the other manager there, um, like after Pellegrini. Yeah, sorry. Um, what's his name? Italian. Uh, oh, uh, Mancini. Mancini. Oh my God, I was blanking so hard. Um, Pellegrini, Mancini. They they had the budget to go basically buy whoever they want, like you said, yeah. and that seemed like a good formula back at that time. But then the game has changed and evolved so much. And Pep being the manager that he is, he still goes out there and finds guys, but it's guys that work. Mm-hmm. It's guys that fit his plan. It's not that just they're buying, you know, eight players per season just to have them on their squad. Like yeah. I always go back to it when they bought um, Adebayor. <laughs> Adebayor like, for Arsenal. <laughs> Adebayor, 
I mean, this is over 12 years ago now, probably. He was by far like a stud at Arsenal. Like yeah. one of their better players. And like their goal scorer after like Henri left and kind of in that Van Persie like weird uh, like time period. And he was like scoring 25 goals a season at Arsenal. He goes to Man City and doesn't even play. Yeah. But they just bought him because they could. And Arsenal's yeah. like, yeah, we'll take 40 mil or whatever it was at the time. Now they're getting players that actually make sense for their team. Mm-hmm. Like I think Haaland was like the most crucial sign that they've needed for five years. And then yeah. even the likes of Calvin Phillips just to kind of shore up that midfield with Fernandinho leaving and like Gabriel Jesus leaving. Obviously, that's another two guys in that middle pitch mm-hmm. that they'll need support with. So Calvin Phillips coming in from um, from Leeds is actually a pretty good signing. I think he came on late yeah. as a sub. But again, it's just guys that are going to fit the system and guys that are actually probably going to get uh, probably going to get playing time. Mm-hmm. And we haven't really seen the likes of Man City go out and like pick up and pinpoint exact fixes and holes that they need in their squad until Pep became their manager. Right. So we've seen the transition of what he's brought to Man City. And like obviously it's paid off domestically, but still that big prize that they're chasing is always going to be Champions League. Mm-hmm. And I mean, you arguably have like one of the best goalkeepers in the world. You have mm-hmm. a couple of players in midfield with, you know, Ronaldo Silva and De Bruyne, who are arguably the best midfielders in the world. And now you basically just got the top striker in the last three seasons. Yeah. In all of Europe and in the world. So if you're going to build your squad to win Champions League, they're finally doing it. And mm-hmm. all the pieces of the puzzle are hopefully going to fit together for this season. And I think if Man City can just get on a roll like they have been before, and again, injury bugs aside and illnesses aside and whatever, this could be a historic season, I think, for Man City. Yeah, like I think they they can go on a run with this team because there's no holes, there's no gaps anymore. Right, like there is nothing wrong with this team. Yeah, and that's coming from me. And like I <laughs> I hate saying it so much, it pisses me off that I'm saying it. But I think they're gonna run away with this season. I think Liverpool is gonna be there, but I think this is gonna be a big Man City win for this year. Yeah, yeah, we can. You know, it's obviously early on. Um, I know, I know, can, but they're so good. There's, there's always there's always speculation, but you know the you can always see how the team fits together. And, you know, last year we talked about at the start of the season, how is city going to perform without a striker? Cause there was a gap there. Um, and yeah, Helen was kind of just that, that piece for them. And it's going to be really interesting to see how other teams kind of cope with this. Cause I do think he's built for the EPL, just his size, his speed, but it's ability to just hold the ball and actually do things with the ball at his feet. Uh, I, I, it's just, it's looking like a really complete team. So, uh, I think it's always going to be a conversation City in Liverpool, you know, everyone's talking about, they'll probably be the top two again this year. Uh, but I don't really think, especially with Liverpool's performance against Fulham, you know, obviously it's just one performance, but, mm-hmm. uh, it's going to be interesting to see how they handle Holland, uh, because, um, they did take to city a lot of games last year. I don't know how that's going to turn out for them this year with just how complete city's looking. Yeah. Yeah. They look really, really solid. And like you said, yeah, it's one game. I know, but still, it was a really, it was a really good game and on paper and just on performance, the players like, and that's the thing too. And when you watch man city play, it's like almost like no one, because, because they are such a team, no one really outshines each other. Mm Mm-hmm. Like, it's not like, oh, my God, did you see this one game from this player? Like, did you see the one game from uh, from De Bruyne? Like, he was so good. The whole team is really, really good. Mm-hmm. That's like the scary part about it. Yeah. Where it's like, if you look at Liverpool game, it's like, okay, well, Mo Salah got like three goals. Like, he he killed it. Like, he was amazing. 
yeah. or something like that. It's like, yeah, Howland got two goals this game, and like he obviously did stand out just on the score sheet. But if you actually watch the game, like everybody on the pitch played really, really well. Yeah, and so if that's if that's the way your team's going, if you have everyone playing well, or you have nine guys out of eleven that are playing really well, and two guys aren't doing so hot, the whole team picks you up. Yeah. Or as you see other teams, like they depend on players to play well. Like I think if Liverpool don't have Mo Salah like on his game, or I mean they lost Sadio Mane this year, but if they don't have Firmino or or this Nunez guy that they brought in, if they don't have them like playing top level, I think they find it hard to get wins still. Mm-hmm. Whereas yeah. as the likes of City, I think they can just still get through with it. Yeah, yeah, I agree. Uh, yeah, I'm, I'm, you know, Liverpool do have that signing uh, up top. With, Darwin Nunez, uh, yeah. Uh, uh, I just can't wait to see the mashup. You know, thinking yeah. about it, I can't wait for the City Liverpool clash. See, see what happens. Um, see what but, I'll try and find that game right now. Actually, yeah. But Liverpool did struggle with Fulham. I mean, I watched a good chunk of that game, and you know, I think Liverpool were a little lucky to come away with uh, with that point. Uh, Fulham. Fulham had him on the back foot and were ahead two one before they got the equalizer, mm-hmm. and they just they just kind of took it to him. Uh, you know, people say first game of the season is tough, especially with uh, you know maybe the top teams. I know uh, Pep in particular tries and gives his player a, players a really good rest in the off season. Uh, so their first game back, you know, is probably the worst worst they're going to be for the entire season because they haven't played they've they've rested so um and i've heard it a lot where people say you know if you're going to beat a top team you want to play in the first game of the season mm-hmm. so obviously fulham almost took full advantage of that but in the case of west ham i don't know if you know west ham just did not prepare or just city were too good on the day but west ham did not take advantage of that at all yeah, and Fulham coming up from the championship division, it's obviously like a spark plug game for them. They want to get at it right away. Yeah. And those teams have nothing to lose. We've seen in the past, even with you know, likes of Leicester, obviously, like putting on that run that they did, coming up from the championship division and then solidifying themselves and then just being able to build up, 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 up. You have like a chip on your shoulder a little bit, but you have nothing to lose when you play hard. Right. Because like, you're just happy to be there in the league. Like, yeah. like we'll see how like Nottingham Forest came out came away with a two nothing loss in Newcastle, so we'll see if they can bounce back a little bit. Uh, Bournemouth got a victory against Aston Villa, so like that's huge for them coming back in the league. And then yeah, we'll see how Fulham can hopefully keep this forward, keep this going because Fulham's such a historic club too. Yeah, and like just like they're just like when we started watching like twenty years ago, they were like in the league, like it was like mm. a, they were never really that good, but they were just like such a name stay in the EPL. Yeah, or it's like I just love to see them back in the fold. So hopefully they can stay up this year. And they did fight. They did fight hard. They played really well mm-hmm. against Liverpool. Yeah, and like I said, it was the first game of the year, so every team like, I think had their adrenaline like maxed out at 110. Mm-hmm. So we'll see if that drops off a little bit in the season. Hopefully not. But um, yeah, from the Liverpool Fulham match, like it took an 80th minute most solid equalizer to just skate by a point. You know. Yeah. So I mean. I, I'm, I'm I, not gonna put yeah i'm not gonna put like liverpool down for this year i'm not gonna like shoot them like a dead dog you know, you know what i'm saying like i'm not gonna put it in them but i think they'll be they'll bounce back but i still think man city's just gonna be like the powerhouse for this year yeah totally agree but it was it wasn't i see the craven cottage 
at uh, yeah. <laughs> like just see it and then they actually have the craven cottage in at the stadium that it was named after oh yeah um yeah super cool just seeing historic club like fulham back back i think they're up. adding another layer of seats too they are yeah like a like a whole another section because i they showed like i think it's the section where the camera was where the camera was so you couldn't see it mm-hmm. but they they panned around like one time during the match and just like a whole ass like huge section yeah i'm like yes yeah, little, just, make, little makeover expanding the cottage probably be like i don't know twelve thousand to fifteen thousand <laughs> yeah, probably, probably a little little minor expansion there 25 it's twenty five thousand seat stadium um renovations gonna be yeah. done i don't know what's gonna become uh, let's see here yeah i mean you're probably looking at like seven to ten thousand maybe oh probably not ten thousand it's like almost yeah an increase it says it's going to be reduced to 19,000 during construction, but it'll be brought up to 30,000 once it's all done. Okay. So, so 8,000 more. Yeah. yeah. So it's got, it's being taken down a little bit now, but still 19,000 in like tight quarters. Love it's going it. to feel like 90,000. Yeah. Um, where do you want to go now? Do you want to go? I, I, I kind of want to go, go Arsenal right now. Yes. Yes, you yeah, you lead off Arsenal, you hit him. So, uh, you know, <laughs> a year a year not a year not to the day, but uh a year ago when we were starting Footy Fans last season, uh Arsenal was you know, laughing stock is probably a bad word, but um, <laughs> you know, they lost first the first four games. Yeah. And we're sitting at the bottom of the table. Uh, didn't score a goal in their first month of the EPL. So it was all this talk. about, so, you know, Arteta getting fired. Arsenal is just not good anymore. Uh, obviously, they came back, didn't get into Champions League, which, you know, I think they could have with, but they had a few key losses that prevented that from happening. Mm-hmm. But this year, uh, just, you know, didn't make a ton of signings, but uh, the handful that they made, particularly Jesus and, uh, uh, oh my gosh, Azinchenko yeah. from City. Uh, just really completing, not completing their team, but I think really having a positive impact. I mean, they just seem really good for the side. And uh, for me, they're going to be the other side that's going to make it to Champions League this year. Um, just with how they finished last year, the signings they made. Um, again, you know, we can't base it off one game, but I just... I just think this is really a year for them to get back into the UCL. Yeah. When, like you said, when we started footy fans, we we're like, wow, our job's going to be so easy because the content <laughs> Arsenal was giving us, like we yeah. can out, we could talk for two hours. Like, yeah. this is amazing. Like, Cause we're like, we don't know how to start a podcast. We don't know what we're going to, what we're going to talk about. Arsenal loss, Arsenal loss, Arsenal loss. We're like, we could fill our entire two hour time slot with just one, one team. Yeah. Um, but yeah, like you said, big turnaround for them last year. Clearly. Um, just missing out on Champions League had a you know pretty crummy last month of the season, uh, which kind of shot them in the foot. But yeah, to to be the first match of the season, um, being away at Crystal Palace, never mm. easy ground to go to. And like I said, I thought the adrenaline might kind of be like really really high for both teams, and Crystal Palace might come out firing too. We know that they play the top clubs really really well just historically, mm-hmm. and. What I saw from Arsenal this match, I was actually blown away. Yeah. 
I was like, I wouldn't put it. I, I think I did tweet out actually. I didn't say exactly word for word. Like this is like what Wenger used to do, but it reminded me of like the style of play in the early 2000s with Arsenal. Like just the ball movement, the fluidity of the, the play, the off the ball movement and everything. I was like, this is what made me really get into the EPL 20 years ago when I first started watching it. Mm-hmm. I wasn't an Arsenal fan, but I appreciated Arsenal because they were just that good at the time. Like, it was yeah. them and you, you know, in the early 2000s. Those are the two uh, breadwinners for the league. And I put my like, I put my my sights on the other side of London to be a Chelsea supporter. <laughs> but with Arsenal, I was like, this team's really fun to watch. They're really, really freaking good. And watching them play Friday, I was like, this is how they should be always playing. This is how they used to win games. Yeah. And I was like, holy shit. And like you said, off two signings, really. I yeah. mean, they they lost they lost a ton of guys, but guys that didn't really play too much. Some guys went out on loan, um, losing Lacazette this season. I mean, he had he kind of wanted to get out. Obviously, you could tell. Yeah. Um, like that's like the big one that they lost for this year. But like you said, yeah, just bringing the likes of Zinchenko and and Jesus from again a winning mentality, a winning culture at Man City both pretty relatively young players still so they still have something to prove a little bit like they're obviously top quality guys but jesus didn't start every game sinchenko definitely didn't start every match mm-hmm. from man city but we know that they're quality players and now they're going to get 90 minutes a game or they're yeah. going to be the first name on the game sheet and that's going to boost their confidence to play better and i mean we're just going to see jumps from players we're going to see jumps from soccer we're going to see jumps from odegaard we're going to see the young the young guys that they have playing at their back line last year now have another full EPL season under their belt. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, Ramsdale and Ned are going to take another leap. He might become the English number one this year. Who knows? Yeah. Like they have a really good side now who just needed playing time, which they got last year and experience. And now this season, they let's hopefully put it all together and they're going to perform. And yeah, I I mean, cause, because because we know that Man U is going to be a tough side to watch, I think, this year. And then Chelsea, Tottenham, Arsenal, they might battle it out for third and fourth. And one of those teams, I think, are going to miss out, unfortunately. I can't say who I think yet will make that fourth spot in in, uh, Champions League, but I definitely know Arsenal will be there fighting for it. Yeah. And I mean, it's not like last season, no way in hell. I'm like, there's no way this team's going to make it. And they kind of shut me up with how they played last season towards the end of the year. But I think from the get-go here, they're going to be in that top five um, standings for like the whole season, I think. Mm-hmm. And it's just good to see them back up there again because like they are a good side. Yeah, and they are they do have quality guys, but they just weren't able to you know get it together. And I think this season they're going to play pretty well. Yeah, yeah, it's uh, and I don't want to kind of you know make it sound like it's a city podcast, but it's <laughs> you. Yeah. Well, yeah. Joe's not here. If it was Joe and you, and then I'd be like, holy shit. Okay. Well, it's it's just because we bring up Jesus and Zinchenko and how you say, you know, they didn't play a whole lot for City. Um, come back, they come to Arsenal, who obviously is like a really big side, and they just slot in, start, and they're gonna be playing, you know, most games, mm-hmm. you know, at least 75 plus percent of the time. Um it's it just goes to kind of show you know, what quality you need in certain positions to actually make a big difference on your team. Um, when Zinchenko got signed, a lot of people were saying, you know, play him in mid at Arsenal. That's where he plays for Ukraine. Mm-hmm. Um, but obviously, City with their inverted uh, defenders, he plays there because he comes into the mid anyway. Um, I do feel like with Arteta being at City and now obviously going to Arsenal, but kind of bringing a lot of that 
uh, strategy and game plan to Arsenal. Um, I think he probably just has the same thing in mind for him. So that's why he's still playing uh, outside back. Mm -hmm. But just kind of seeing that quality, you know, get added to Arsenal, like you said, it's going to be interesting to see how it kind of elevates everyone and the quality they start bringing to all their games. Because obviously at the start of last season, that quality was not there. (laughs) No, no, it was tough to watch at times. Yeah. Very Um, much so. Yeah, and like Mike Martinelli, I'm looking at the lineup now that they put out for their match against against Crystal Palace. Martinelli is a really young kid, and he had flashes last season, like where he looks like he's going to take the next step. That that then he would, you know, be quiet for a little bit. Mm -hmm. Um, Thomas Party too, another player, like big signing when he came there, a lot of hype with them, but like he didn't really do what he was meant to do at Mm -hmm. Arsenal last year. Um, but now again, another season under their belt. Martinelli's one year older. I think he's like twenty. What is he? 21 years old now. So like he's a baby, but he's now he's got EPL, uh, EPL experience, right? He's got a full season under his belt. Um, and Arteta's a, uh, Arteta is uh, a pep guy. Like he mm-hmm. knows pep strategy. He kind of has the same mentality, I believe. So him slotting Zinchenko yeah. in like left back, like he knew what he was doing with that. Yeah. And even though he's like left back and he's like in that part of the pitch, he's still going to get forward. He's still going to contribute. He's still going to make his move into like the midfield, like you said. So I think just again, like another adding another foot in there that knows what to do with the ball is like really crucial because we said before Arsenal, they're kind of just missing somebody in the midfield. They're lacking more ball control or like game uh, management. And I think with Zinchenko, like he can add that. Jesus can add that too. Mm-hmm. And I think Odegaard too. I think he might take the leap this year as well. Like I think Jaka is their captain right now, the last couple of seasons. But mm-hmm. once ever Jaka departs, I think Odegaard's going to slide into that and just be the captain for the team. Yeah. Um. He's already the captain of Norway, I believe, at 23 years old. Yeah. So I mean, he can obviously hold down a nation's uh, leadership role. He can probably hold down Arsenal's too. Yeah. So they have the pieces now. They have the guys, and it's just again building it all together and making it work on Sunday. Yeah. And um, yeah, I think I think we both agree. I, I think Joe would too, probably Um, a lot to expect from Arsenal this year. Oh, yeah, it's finally it's finally a season where because, again, we're not Arsenal guys, but I know Arsenal people and they just think that their team's the best every year. They're not the best this year. They're definitely not the best. But this is the season where if you have high expectations from Arsenal to play really well and to get results, I think this is the year to look at that and be like, yeah. yes, this team can probably do that. Yeah. Definitely agree. And shout out to all the Arsenal fans. I mean, they've had it rough for a long time. Seems like they're kind of making an emergence. So uh, funny, though. It's with... so funny. It's funny. Because <laughs> they're, yeah, I mean, they're goofs, man. They're goofs. Just the most meme-worthy team over the last several years, unfortunately. It really is. <laughs> eh. They are. They really are, though. But again, it's all self-inflicted. They do to themselves. Yeah. It's like I mean, it's, it's tough when you've had like such an historic club. Look at all, like, the likes of Henri that have come through stuff. You got to live up to a lot of expectation. Yeah. But again, it's every year. They're like, Hey, like top four this year. Hey, <laughs> champions of title this year. Hey, like we're going to win the EPL. It's like fifth, sixth, fourth, seventh, like yeah. not even, not even in the realm, but every year, every year we're going to win. Mm-hmm. Um, let's go to a team right now that we know is not going to win this year. <laughs> Man. Yeah. Um, <laughs> say Chelsea, we'll say Chelsea to the end. But um, Man United, 2-1 loss against Brighton at home at Old Trafford. 
Ten Hag's first official uh, Premier League match at the helm. New manager, new signings of Erickson, Cassandra Martinez. Uh, Martinez didn't play though, did he? I don't think he played this game. Um, uh, I don't believe so. Yeah, I didn't. I, I don't know if he was. I didn't catch all of it. Oh no, he did. He did. Yes, right. He just started center back. Oh. Um, he picked up a yellow card actually. I mean, if I didn't notice him, then I didn't notice him. That's yeah. that's one thing. Um, you know, players leaving Cavani gone, Mata gone, Pogba, uh, Lingard. Um, who else? Matic, ton of guys leaving the side. Uh, Pereira, Pereira, sorry, going to Fulham. Um, not a good look, I don't think. Mm-hmm. Um, like, it's really good to see Christian Eriksen back in the top, yeah, top Premier League uh, club. Um, he's probably like the one bright spot that I took from this match. It's really, like really good to see him, you know, back playing like for a really competitive team, like a good quality team. No offense yeah. to Brentford, but um. He he just still shows up and he's like, wow, this guy is like quality. Like he yeah. can, like he knows what the hell he's doing. So it's good to have him back healthy and um and active in a in a good squad. But well, sorry, not good squad, but active in a, in a squad. But <laughs> from man, you like what? It, it was like the stars aligned for this game. Like everything that could have <laughs> gone wrong. Like they all like it's just so funny because again, it's man, you. So it's yeah. It's similar the, to the Arsenal. team that's turning into the Arsenal that was Arsenal like a few years basically, ago. Basically, they're just swapping roles now. It's it's funny to watch from a neutral standpoint, like where I don't have any stake in the game. It's it's funny to me. I know it's heartbreaking for many Man U fans because their fan base is another ridiculous uh, uh, support group. But what do we what do we take from it? What's going to happen this year with Man United? Yeah, I mean, it's for me, it's it's really tough because I love Sir Alex Ferguson. I love the old menu, right? And I, I think everyone does, right? And that's what, mm-hmm. you know, made a lot of menu players when they had just that historic club that was just winning literally everything all the time. Um, You know, it's kind of it's it's sad. I mean, in the sense, you know, last year they they had just really poor run of form and, you know, everyone kind of said, you know, this year, you know, chalk it up as an L and we'll get started next year with Ten Hag, you know, bring in a few new, new good signings. And it just kind of really sucks that the first game turns out to be a loss. I mean, it's a long season ahead. So, you know, last year, Arsenal were bottom of the table, then made a resurgence. So um, I think it's going to be really tough for Man U to do that this year. I think there's still a lot of gaps that they got to fill in. Mm-hmm. Uh but it's just like you said, the stars just align. It's one of those things where it's the same story from Man U, and I hope for their sake they can just figure it out and start being competitive again. Because for Man U to turn into just uh, a mid-table club and they have to just keep going through this cycle of rebuilding and new coaches and re-signing people, uh, it's going to be just really tough on the fans. And you know, we said it a ton when Man U is really good, the whole league is good. So yeah. we hope that they can just turn it around. Yeah. Since Alex Ferguson left, I think they I think they've had five managers now. Yeah. I, I think Tanhag's their fifth manager in the last 10 years or what I don't you know when Ferguson left. 14, 15. Something like that. Yeah. yeah. So let's just say almost 10 years they've had five different managers. That's like getting to Chelsea territory. <laughs> and like you don't want to be near that. Like yeah. you don't want you don't want to have that in your side, especially from Man U. Um but it's just, yeah, like, like you hit it like right on the head. They just have so many gaps in this team where you look at their starting 11, who they put out there. Uh, Ronaldo came on off the bench. Obviously, he's a quality guy. He's going to get a lot of starts this year. 
Um, we know that, but um, you look at their team and on paper, it's like, wow, they got like Fernandez and Rashford and Erickson, um, Sancho, I guess. But then like the other half of the field, it's like McTominay, eh, <laughs> Dallow, eh. Like Harry Maguire is like the most, I don't know what he is. I, I can go on a rant, but I'm not going to do it. I can go on a rant with Harry Maguire for an hour. He's not. He's just not that good, right? Yeah. I don't think he's that good. And then uh, even like Fred too, like he's not like, he's a very one-dimensional player, I think, Fred. But so like that other side of the pitch, like with McTominay, Dallow, and, and Maguire, that's where the two goals came from. That's like a, that's a yeah. gap. Like that's a gaping little area, I think, for them um, defensively, like for sure. Mm-hmm. And I just, again, like you, you have these, you have people who are like us who are just outsiders watching the game. And it's like, wow, they have all these holes in our, in their team. Like they have this guy missing. They have a gap here. They need a player to fill this spot. And we have no money to buy these players. Man, you has all the money in the world. Go find one or two guys. And like, mm-hmm. we are seeing it from like a, a distance. The people who are in charge, why can't they just be like, we really don't have the players for this part of the field we need better guys that they don't they don't get them they don't get good mm-hmm. players they get players that like have big names like they get like last season was such a shit show with them yeah like the whole sancho signing and ronaldo and whatever but basically complete opposite of what pep does yeah pep has a hole in his side he finds a guy that's, that's gonna fit but fit what he wants him to do yeah you're not just gonna go find a guy that's like oh he can play the position and we'll yeah. stick him there they have to be in your plans of like what you want to build as a team. Yeah. And I really hope 10 Hank just gets rid of McGuire. Like, I don't know what he can do <laughs> because like, I guess he's the captain of the team and whatever, but like, I think Harry McGuire is such a cancer to man. You, I think he's so yeah. poop. I think he's poop. Yeah. I mean, and- obviously la- I don't know when he first went, he was doing okay. Last season or two, it's just been like, a lot of downhill <laughs> trend going with this guy. Like a, uh, just a lot of mistakes. I don't know you why know, they keep the, him around. Uh, I don't know, like, man. He's 29 years old. So like, he's not young in the, in like the grand scale of things, but like he's, he's an English player. He's like an England national player. He's been on man. U. he's the captain of the team, which is like a good resume to have, but you stink. Yeah, I I don't know. Like it's it's kind of like what you said, where you fill in gap. Like uh, when when City brought in Rodri, I had no clue who that guy was. It's like you know, who is this guy? And he turns out to just be like super solid for them there. So I think a lot of it has to go to, and I don't know the dynamics that Manu with like their scouting team and what Ten Hag's looking at, but it's you know recognizing talent that you can afford and just bring them in and have them do for your side what you need done because uh at this rate you know they're just going to keep signing guys you know Cavani Pogba all these guys and then you let them go for free how much money they spent on Pogba and now they're just taking a loss for that yeah that was almost I think it was close to like 80 mil back then from from Juve or maybe 65 and then yeah free transfer gone now now sure Happened happened to them twice yeah I mean, you do get, you know, all the jersey sales. Yeah. But still, I mean, you're you're running man you. I'm sure you'll take you know 40 million for him if he has to go at some point. Mm-hmm. Uh to let him go for free. It's pretty unfortunate. Yeah. 
I don't know. It's I I don't know what to evaluate this team as. I don't know because again, like they have such good players. They have Rashford and Erickson, Bruno Fernandez. Like since he's been there, he's been so good for them. Mm-hmm. But I just think these four or five guys can't do it all. Again, I this isn't a Man City podcast. It's not. But what I just said about City earlier, they play as a team so well. Mm-hmm. Like when they go and play, they have 11 guys playing not perfect football, but they have 11 guys playing really, really good football. And man, man, you, it's like you might have four or five guys who are like playing really well. Then the other guys just aren't mm-hmm. like the other half of your field or like whatever, like split it down the middle, whatever it is. They just don't play good. Yeah. And like it just hurts your team so much. And again, they're good named players. They're, they're quality players, but it, it just they can't make it work for whatever reason. Yeah, and, and I know I, it's and I know it's sorry. I just know it's it's Ten Hag's first year. He's been there for two months. Yeah, but like we'll see again. It's the first game of the year, but it's just another situation where you it's it's a it's a team of Man United. If this was like who else got who had a two nothing Wolves Wolves lost two one. I don't expect Wolves to come out and like kill shit. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? I don't expect Wolves to be top four, top five. That's just not how they are. Mm-hmm. From a team like Man U, you expect them to always be there. Yeah. And like with the quality of players that they have, like you expect them to be there. Like it's just, and it's been going on three years now, basically since, since Solskjaer basically took over the helm, it's been not very good. Yeah. It's, it's actually funny because I know, uh, you know, during city games or even during, uh, you know, maybe some other games where there's always a lot of reference to city. Mm-hmm. And I think it happens a lot because you see what's possible for a team. So you kind of see what like the standard is, and you you can only compare uh, other teams to to the standard, right? And like what uh, what's possible. Um. So I think you know, and inevitably, main menu is going to be compared to City. I mean, for the rest of their games, right? Yeah. So, um. If if your rivals are just going up and up and up and putting a competitive team, you're you're always going to be compared to them. And then the fact that City has kind of built this culture and this standard that all teams are trying to get to now, you know, it's inevitable that you're going to get compared to them, no matter yeah. no matter who you are, because you all want to you all want to get there, right? You all want to win leagues and contend for Champions League. Uh, just unfortunately, man, you have a long way to go if they want to get back there. Yeah, it's like they're not even contending to be the best team in the, in England right now. They're contending to be the best team in their own city. Yeah. Like they can't even get out of that. And so it's going to be an uphill climb for sure. It's going to be uh, a lot of growing pains, I think. And hopefully United supporters like understand that and they can be patient. I don't know if that exists in their in their mentality or not, but hopefully it does. Yeah. It's not going to it's not going to happen overnight. And we've been saying even like last season's episodes of like last season's podcast, we say that they basically have to not blow up the team, but they just have to rebrand themselves as not the man you that we used to be, but the man you that we're going to be. Yeah. You can't go back. You can't like no one like they're not going to replicate what they did with Sherlock Ferguson. Like I don't think any team can do that because of the likes of Man City now and Liverpool, Chelsea get it going better. When Ferguson was like winning all his titles, it was basically them and Arsenal for the longest time. Mm-hmm. And then it wasn't until Chelsea ended up winning in like 2004. And then Man City came in like 2009 or whatever it was. 
like where there actually was more top, top, top caliber players and teams. So I'm not giving Alex for the Alex Ferguson a pass or anything, but I'm saying it's just not the same EPL as what old mm-hmm. man, new fans that one are used to seeing. Right. So they have to transition for the future and, and transition to like a different style of play that fits the modern game. And they're just not finding it with the players and not finding yeah. it with the tactics. Ten Hag coming from Ajax. He was like really, really instrumental in how they have played and like how they have won their titles in the last couple of years. And like all like bringing up young players and young talent, youth Academy, you know, finding guys, putting them in good spots to be able to move other places. Cause Ajax is obviously a top quality club in, in Holland, but they're not, a top five league, right? They're not, yeah. it's not a big, big league. So I think that, I think there, they know that they're kind of like a branch off club, which I think they accept because they get a shit ton of money whenever they sign and sell players. Yeah. Um, but 10 is obviously taking over a way bigger role than just being the manager of Ajax. He's the manager for Manchester United. Yeah. So now his expectations are skyrocketed and he's in a different position that he's never been in before where, as a, as a manager for them, he could probably take guys from Youth Academy and just build them up, where now he has to go find guys that are already established and bring them into the side. Yeah. Because if it's you could, if really you could tell, yeah, if you were to tell Man U fans, like, oh, we're going to bring in this 18-year-old kid, he's going to grow for three or four seasons, then he's going to be really, really good. They're going to be like, no, we want results now. Yeah, like, get us results now. Go get a 24-year-old who's, like, sick, like, right now. Yeah. And, like, just put him in our team and, like, have him, have him fit in. That's what they, I think, want to do and want to have happen. But it's easier said than done, right? Yeah, for sure. Like they, you got to be patient at some point. You can't just go after quick results because then you get into this revolving door, right? And then, mm-hmm. then you're stuck in a revolving door. <laughs> yeah, no, for yeah. sure. Um, we'll just quickly touch on Tottenham because I think they had a really good game against Southampton. Yeah, four-one uh, win. Um, no goals from Son, no goals from from Harry Kane this game, but still coming up with a big result. Uh, another side where I think they're going to be in the top five battle for sure. Mm-hmm. Um, higher expectations now. I mean, Antonio Conte's been there for a full season, and you know how, who who they bring in. Um, well, they brought some guys in at the transfer deadline last season in uh, January. Um, yeah, they got yeah, uh, Paris. even Perisic. Yeah. Yep. Big signing, uh, Richarlison, uh, Basuma coming from Brighton. That's going to like help in the midfield a little bit. Um, not really big, big losses from them. I'm reading it right now. Um, Steven Bergwijn, I like that guy a lot, but he didn't really get a yeah. good showing at at, at at Tottenham. No, so he left. He left the side. But other than that, I mean, it's pretty much um, like I'm not going to say all or nothing for man for for Tottenham, but it's going to be like a, a good season, I think, for them. Like they have yeah. quality now. Um, I mean, Conte's approach has always been like defense, defense, defense. So hopefully they can just keep doing that this year and have Kane and Son just run off and do their own thing. It's good to see Sessegnon score a goal for them too. Mm-hmm. Um, he's been around for a while now and just like hasn't really gotten like over the hump of being like a really, really good player. So hopefully he can show up now and like, like stay there. Yeah. Um, yeah. So what do you think is going to happen from Tottenham this year? Because you have Arsenal in your top four. Yeah. For me, like, I'm I'm thinking, you know, we're gonna get in predictions already, but yeah, whatever. We'll do predictions now. I'm All thinking, right. you know, City top, Liverpool second. I'm putting Arsenal third and probably a battle between Chelsea and Tottenham for that fourth spot. That's fair. That's fair. Yeah. I mean, I hmm. 
we'll talk Chelsea now. <laughs> yeah, let's go to Chelsea. <laughs> um, okay. One nothing win. Good win. Um, they always find it hard to play at Goodison Park. I think they haven't won there since 2017 was the stat I kept seeing tossed around. Yeah. Um, again, like just, of course, it's got to be Everton. Of course, it's got to be Lampard, like first game of the year. It can never just be like an easy, like, oh, let's go play, uh, you know, I don't know, Stoke. There's no Stoke. This yeah. Year. Let's go play uh, Wolves. Let's go play Villa or something. Got to go play uh, Everton. Who are coming off like their monumental season last year. Holy shit. Mm-hmm. If you don't know, go back and look at the recap of last year, what happened with yeah. Everton. <laughs> um, Chelsea made a lot of signings this offseason. Uh, most impactful one, I think, would be Koulibaly coming from Napoli. Mm-hmm. Uh, didn't know much about him. I knew he was a good player. That's all I really knew. I knew at Napoli he was really good. I talked to a friend of the show. He said that I asked like how good he was, and he said top five in Italy, a uh, top five in the world, probably defender, best defender in Italy. So I trust his opinion. I just took it for what it was. Played first game. He did really well. Mm-hmm. I think he picked up a yellow card, kind of a shitty. Uh, unnecessary card, but he's there to basically fill the Rudiger spot. Yeah, you know, beat Chelsea's like you know uh, their next long-term center back, hopefully. And the Raheem Sterling signing wasn't my favorite. Mm-hmm. Let's just call it that because again, I don't think we need another winger on this team. Yeah. Um, but I believe Rudiger. Oh, sorry, I believe uh, Werner. Sorry, is departing the team. Um before the end of the transfer deadline here in August. So I think that might just kind of fill in the Rudiger spot. Oh my God, keeps saying Rudiger. Fill in the Werner spot. Just mm-hmm. another attacking threat. He's definitely going to start more games here than he did at City. Um, yeah. I mean, Pep obviously had him kind of in and out of the side for whatever reason. I mean, he's got a ton of quality players there, but yeah. With Chelsea, the likes of, you know, Pulisic and Mount and Havertz, uh, Ziyech, and, and now you throw uh, Sterling in there. I don't know, like if he's going to, get the playing time or someone's going to have to like kind of sacrifice themselves. That's what it looks yeah. like it's going to have to happen, which is unfortunate because it's kind of the same issue Chelsea had last year. Yeah. But I'm um, with them not coming out and signing like a pure striker to replace Lukaku. They're clearly going to the false nine um, solid play. Yeah. And they're, they're going to stick to it because what I think what the issue was is that they didn't know again, like what their identity was. They didn't know how they wanted to play. Because before Lukaku came in, when Lampard was there, they had Tammy Abraham. And like he's he's a number nine, but he also likes to get forward. He's got pace. He doesn't really fit like what a number nine is. They get that in Lukaku, and that clearly didn't work at all last year. Yeah. But now they're resorting back to their old ways of having no real number nine, just kind of younger, younger, quicker players kind of flow like flow through the the game, kind of like what Man City's basically been doing for the last couple of seasons. Even Liverpool, same thing. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think they're gonna stick to that, and they're gonna, you know, again, they're gonna really take defensive. Um, like they're gonna take defense as like their strength. I think and they're gonna really focus on that and kind of build from the back and do possession, all that kind of shit. Kind of boring to play like that, but um, if they can get results like this, one nil away at Everton, and I'll take yeah. that. Obviously, I sound like I'm, I'm I'm being like ungrateful for the win, but it's just tough to see my team like again, fill holes and fill gaps, but just not make really impactful signings. Yeah. Where it's like, this is going to change the dynamic of our team. Like, cause that's what Man City did. Um, yeah. Liverpool getting Nunez, that's like an impactful sign. It's going to change the mentality of their team, I think. Yeah. Chelsea, okay, they got another really speedy winger. Yeah. Yeah. They replaced a really good center back with a really good center back. 
Like they yeah. didn't bring someone in and like, like add, they didn't add, you know what I'm saying? They didn't like, yeah. they, they, they added, they, they removed and then replaced. Yeah. They didn't add to the team. Yeah. So, yeah. I mean, we'll see how they do this year. Like they squeaked in the Champions League last year, fourth place, third place, third place. Um, but like one point, I think it was. Mm-hmm. So they squeaked into that this year. I mean, it's going to be tough again, again, against the top clubs. Um, but I mean, I don't think, I mean, I really don't know. I don't know what, I don't know what to give them this year. I don't know what to think about them. Yeah. It's well, tough. You kind of said it all. I mean, it's, if you don't make signings that are like always adding to your team, I mean, of course you always have to replace people, but you know, they, the signing of Sterling, I was honestly a little bit surprised. Uh, I was very know, surprised. They, <laughs> that's, that's probably not something they're missing in their team. Uh, and it's unfortunate that the Lukaku thing didn't work out because that's really what Chelsea's missing mm-hmm. is a player like Lukaku in their prime or when he's playing well. Uh, yeah, I'm not sure. I mean, I, I like I said, I think they're going to battle it out for fourth. Uh, we'll see how things kind of go for the rest of the transfer window. Um, I don't really obviously see them making any major moves with that. But they they have been the team for me that's closest to kind of getting to that elite level in the EPL to compete with City and Liverpool for the title. Mm-hmm. It's just the last few seasons they haven't been able to get over that hump of being really impactful with their signings and just consistently getting those wins and not dropping points when they shouldn't. So, um, you know, they got the win. We'll see if they can get to that spot by the end of the season and compete for the title and just make it more interesting. Yeah. And with them bringing in Lukaku last year, this kind of was like the point for me where I said, like, we're here. Like, this is Mm -hmm. like the move we needed to make to fight with the Rapul of Man City. And then just... That just went down the tubes. So, yeah. again, not by not replacing Lukaku with another like top quality striker or number nine. I think I don't know if it hurts them or not because I don't think they played that well when they had him there. So I don't know. Like when they brought him in, I don't know if they were doing fan service. I don't know if he wanted to come back. I don't know what like the whole you know the whole situation was and like how it played out, but to us the fans when he came in it's like oh my god like this is like this is this is Drogba 2.0 coming back you know yeah. like, what is it we're going to be so good so good and then it didn't work out so by him leaving i think it's kind of like a weight off everyone's shoulders cuz like his time at chelsea was just such uh, like a depression yeah huh. um so is that, is that even a saying i don't know <laughs> maybe but <laughs> it is it's, now <laughs> it's just a depression um so I don't know if that's going to help things or not. Again, it's the Kukure is another signing who, I mean, we have a lot of left backs and right backs. Like we have yeah, James Chilwell, um, Aspilicueta resigned to 2024. I think Marcus Alonso might be leaving. Uh, yeah. That's the rumors I'm hearing. But Kukure, another player, a good signing for them. Young guy, he's 24. Mm-hmm. Um, really good player at Brighton last year. So he's getting his, his crack at a, at a top club. Um, again, it's, it's so... It's difficult because, like, he played so well at Brighton last year, and Ben Chilwell missed an entire season. So you have now three guys, basically all around the same age, all high quality players, but only two guys can play. Yeah. So I don't know if Tuchel is going to have them in like a rotation mode or whatever it's going to be like. I think they said that he can move up and down the pitch a little bit if they need him to. Same with Reese James as well. 
So we might see some, we might even see some scenarios where all three are playing at one time, mm-hmm. um, which could be exciting, but I don't know. I, I think the biggest gap in Chelsea's team right now is maybe a replacement for Jorginho or I don't want to say Conte, but just a player who can not, have, that doesn't have to run box to box, but a player in the midfield that can just like chance create. Yeah. Kind of like a, like a, like a Christian Eriksen, like, a player who can just kind of stay in the middle of the field and just like pick a pass left and right. Yeah. Because I think Jorginho's falling off a bit this the last couple of years. Conte's kind of lost his step the last couple of years. He's not as impactful as what he used to be like five seasons ago. Yeah. And then, you know, like Sakovic getting older. Um, guys like that, like those three middle guys, like that core that they kind of rotate in and out, throwing a young body in that mix, I think would really kind of spice the team up a little bit. Uh, there's still some time left in the transfer market season. I think it's caps off at the end of August. So mm-hmm. um, recording this August 9th, we still have, you know, almost three weeks left. Yeah. For the transfer deadline until the transfer deadline, but we'll see if any other big signings uh, happen from any of the top clubs or anything impactful in the premier league um, in that time period. But yeah, I, I think Chelsea will be their top four at the end of the year. I don't have a reason why they wouldn't make champions league. I don't think, I think that they still have the quality to do it. Yeah. Um, so I want to put, I want to slot Chelsea in at third this year and then have Tottenham and Arsenal fight up for fourth. Okay. That's kind of what my prediction is going to be. Yeah. It's going to be exciting, man. Mm-hmm. Do I do, like do I do like a relegation? Uh, I no, like relegation. No. I can't do like, that's so hard, knows, man. Like that's so hard. Yeah. You want to, you want to hurt team's feelings. I want to hurt team's feelings, but yeah, for fun, just see what happens. I'm going to go. It's tough because I didn't see everyone play. Mm-hmm. No, I'm gonna go Nottingham Forest, fortunately, Southampton, and I'll say Fulham. Oh. Don't do it to the Craven Cottagers. I honestly can't see like everyone else just seems too solid. Honestly, I know. Like, I, know. I can't. And, yeah. This I is, don't see anyone else. This is a quality season. Yeah. Um. Yeah, and like Bournemouth coming out winning two nil like first game, it's like ooh, like that's yeah. Just like re- recent recency bias, that looks good. Um. Yeah. I'll say non-enforced as well. Uh, I know they had a good FA Cup run last year. So that's, I mean, they had that going for them, but I don't know if they can do it all this year. I'll have to like watch more of their games for sure um, to see how they play, but non-enforced. Um, I'll say... I'm going to say Leeds. Ooh. Because they were they were squeaky last year. Like last year was was a pretty close close time for them. Like they kind of just squeaked out. Yeah. Um, I mean they added some guys this year, like Brendan Aronson. I thought he was American actually, but I don't think he is. I'll check this real quick. I don't think he's there. I don't think he's American. Mm. No. Oh, yes, he he's American. Okay, damn, I'm right. right. He's an American guy. Um, he they, he uh, he came in 
I don't know, Tyler Adams, another player, pretty good. But then just like losing Calvin Phillips, I think might hurt them too much in the midfield. Um, he's like he's obviously like a really quality guy for them. So I don't know if their additions really are going to be that impactful, opposed to like what they lost. Um, so I think Leeds, Nottingham Forest, and my wild card team is going to be Wolves. Mm. Yeah. All right. I think Wolves took a really back step last year too. Yeah. Like they they just didn't score, man. Yeah. They couldn't. They're kind of like our team. Kind of like like Polonia FC. Yeah. Can't score. Can't score. We can't score. Um, okay. Get decent, to that. <laughs> decent team, but can't score. Yeah. Uh, so that's gonna hurt them, I think. So, uh, what I say? Wolves, Nottingham Forest, and Leeds. Yeah. Are my are my bottom three. Okay. Fulham's gonna fight another day. See May and the May. We'll see. Yeah, we'll see at the end of May. We'll check in in eight months. Yeah, is that what it is? Eight months from now. What a long season. Yeah, man. It's actually crazy. Very long. It's awesome. I love it though. And then like, yeah, yeah, you guys get a month and a half off. Yeah. <laughs> like, and then we got to come back, start all over again. So funny. Um. All right. I want to thank everyone for joining us. Everyone for listening. Everyone for watching on YouTube. YouTube, uh, YouTube people like subscribe, uh, really helps us out even on the podcast platform, Spotify. I don't know if there's a comment section on Spotify, but on Apple podcast for sure. Give us a good light, a uh, good rating, five-star rating, leave a comment if you can, um, review, whatever really helps out the show helps us out. We get no money from this. We do it just for the fun. But, uh, if you guys will, you know, help us boost our ratings a little bit, it's always a little extra, extra incentive. Yeah. <laughs> would appreciate it everyone yeah uh next time we'll have joe on probably maybe maybe hopefully yeah we'll get the the trifecta back but until then we will check in next week after all the week's action see everyone ciao